Okay, good morning to all. So before I, I drive, I wanted to um, just share something about the introverted brain or the introverted mind. And y'all, I, I really used to question God, why, why did you make my, my brain like this? So, sometimes people tend to think that introverts are antisocial. And it's not that we're antisocial. It's just that a lot of small talk, it really drains us. But if it's something that is of substance, it's effective and uplifting. Well, I'll speak for myself. I'm typically more drawn to those type of conversations if you're coming to me with like when I say small talk I mean like gossip something negative something that's not pouring something effective into me I, I, I really just check out the conversation and it, it literally drains me even if I am in a meeting and a person, they may not be speaking to me directly, but just in general speaking and their conversation is negative. Yeah. After that meeting, I feel like I need to crawl under a rock and go somewhere and, and recharge. And even sometimes with different meetings and stuff that I am involved in, I really do. I, I have to go home. Well, it depends on where I'm at. So, it may mean that I have to get up for a moment and take a, a, a quick break to kind of regroup. But once I get home, I really do. I have to do lots of self-care. And people sometimes take it as me being antisocial, but I'm not. I just don't like meaningless conversation. Now... I used to also question God, like, you know, why did you make my body different with this neuroskeletal, neuromuscular stuff? Because all this stuff has an impact on my, my brain and neurological symptoms. And so sometimes when people say something to me, I've heard what they said, but I'm not able to give a an answer right then sometimes because it takes my my brain a little bit more time to process even though i've heard what you said those signals and the brain waves all that stuff my brain is wired differently and it used to bother me even in public speaking i know some people who are very eloquent in speech and i used to almost want to be like them like I, I want to speak that way too but then the more I listen not all but the more I listen to some people I thought gosh well, what they said didn't make a lick of sense or what they said was pointless because they just repeated what the person next to them just said so now I am okay with being who I am it, it took me a while to Except my neurodiverse self. 
And um, there's plenty of times when um, I may have a speaking engagement and have to take my, my time or people may see me writing notes or I have to come on with notes. I have to. My my life changed um, with this neuro stuff. I've always dealt with it since um, I was a child um, because I was born with some congenital fusions. But I didn't get a proper diagnosis until, gosh, 2012 or 13. I just knew that I felt like my my brain was wired a little bit differently. And I didn't want, I always, I tried to, to fit in because I didn't want people to think that I was a, a geek or a nerd or weird. So I, I would try to fit in, but oftentimes I found myself sticking out because I was just different. I, I, I still am different. Um, sometimes I do I shy away from speaking engagements and that's something that I am working on because I know that the enemy will sometimes try to use, um, your, your disability or a a weak area that you have. He will try to use that against you to basically shut your mouth when there are things that need to be said and ordered by God for me to say them. So that is something that I'm working on. Um, I just had a conversation with a, a friend yesterday and briefly today, you know, and I, and I told her, oh gosh, you know, things are gonna be coming up soon and, you know, different speaking engagements and I'm already nervous, you know, my brain is wired differently. And then I thought, I was like, you know what? I am going to stop saying that. I am working on just being able to truly, truly accept my neurodiversity. But sometimes, I don't know for whatever reason, it's a little bit hard for me because people come to me and they say, you know, I think you did a great job with raising your son. Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, you may have had your ups and downs, but I saw you. Not only were you in school, you were a full-time and a part-time. You made sure that he got to whatever events and different things that he was involved in. You were very involved with his his schooling and whatever uh, extracurricular activities that he was doing. I don't know how you did that because I, I don't think I would have been able to do that. Then you went back and you got some additional education. You went went back and got two masters and while you were completing um when you, when you finished your first masters, you were already working on things in your uh doctoral studies. I don't know how you did that. And I think at some point I got caught up on people seeing the things that that I was I was doing like attaining education and uh, career changes and excuse me, career moves and etc. And somehow, at some point, I don't know where, 
But I think I really kind of got caught up in that because that's what I wanted people to to see. I wanted them to see more of the good. I didn't want them to know that I have a neurodiverse brain because for whatever reason, I was ashamed about it. And, and that's why I advocate so hard about the stigmas around mental health because growing up, even into my adulthood, in my community, if you reached out, if you even, first of all, it wasn't even really talked about, to be real, about going to see um, a therapist or trying to get some form of, of help. And people really, they knew, okay, something's not right with me. I need some professional help. But we wouldn't go seek professional help because we were always taught, keep it within the family. Take it to church. God can heal you with this. Listen, I'm a firm believer. I know that God can heal and deliver because, trust me, I received plenty of diagnosis. And when I went back for follow-up or pre-op, the nurse had to go back out to get the doctor to make sure did they have the right chart because what they were searching for what was there the first time wasn't there when it got time for pre-op i know that god can heal but there's nothing wrong with god a therapist a life coach a peer support specialist a psychiatrist psychologist a licensed clinical social worker. There's nothing wrong with the two going hand in hand. And so I just encourage you all today, if you really feel in your heart that, you know, something's not going on with me, you know, I'm, I'm depressed all the time. I really don't want to be around people. I have social anxiety. Something is not right with me mentally and emotionally. I don't care what you were taught about keeping in the family or just, you know, just praying and giving it to God. I don't I don't care if that is what you were taught. I'm telling you to break that stigma. It's okay to seek out the mental health that you need or excuse me the mental health treatment that you need i know at at some point in my journey i sure did i had to take some medication i i did i mean especially with the uh the neuroskeletal neuromuscular um disorders and how that started to impact my brain i sure did Yep, I had to take a little bit of medication because all of those symptoms, I'm talking, people that live in, in chronic pain, if you don't have chronic pain, then you really cannot relate. But for those of us who have or currently diagnosed with chronic pain, it really impacts you mentally. So... I started out with medication and counseling. 
but I started implementing my own goals because my goal was, hey, if I don't have to take medication to help manage the depression symptoms because of this medical diagnosis, I don't, mm, you know, no, I don't want this to be a long-term thing, but I am willing to do what I need to do to get to that point. So gradually over time, my doctor and my therapist worked together where they were able to wing me off of medication a little bit at the time. And it may have been a year and a half. It might have even been two years before they eventually just tapered me off. And I was only going to therapy only. But then I also invested in a, a life coach. And as time has went on, I really don't I really don't care if people know if I have a neuro, neurodiverse brain. Like I say, it used to embarrass me, but now I'm like, you know what? Mm-mm. God, I believe you've given me opportunities for, for platforms to talk about the stigmas around mental health. Some people are probably sick of me talking about mental health. Well, you know, you don't have to listen. But I am going to continue to promote mental health. It is much needed. You will be surprised at the number of people who know they need help, but they will not seek services. Or in some situations, people know that they need help, but they do not have the financial resources to um, to have a therapist. Um, it may be, um, they may be employed full time, but maybe their job, they don't offer mental health benefits. And so sometimes it's a a financial issue, but there um, are plenty of different online 